No ketchup. No ketchup. What's really good, my people? Welcome into No Catch Up Sports Talk here in Chicago. I'm your host, Sean Little. Big Nick the Quick Whitney. We back on the regular schedule. It's Tuesday. We got a lot to talk about. Obviously, last night, Alabama, the Natty, seven titles for uh, Mr. Saban. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the Heisman Trophy winner performance in one half, which was ridiculous. So we'll break down the Natty. We're going to get into the NFL. Uh, I want to talk about the best matchup of the weekend. We got some uh, some interesting matchups. We got Brady Breeze. We got um, we got Bills Ravens. So we're going to talk about that. We're talking about our favorite matchup, what we're looking forward to. Peterson out in Philly has been fired. Uh-oh. Is that the right decision? <laughs> the heads are rolling. Heads are rolling. Um, Storm Hallis Hall is coming next. Me and, me and Nick going to organize that. <laughs> Find us on Parlor. Storm, Storm <laughs> Hall coming. You already know. And then uh, Deshaun Watson. There's a lot going on out in Houston. We got people chirping that have played for the Houston Texans that have a lot to say. They think Deshaun needs to stand his ground, do his thing, and uh, it is what it is. Uh-huh. So we'll talk that. Then we're gonna get into the we're gonna get into hoops. We got my guy Ryan from Four Seasons. We're gonna talk NBA. He's coming on to join us. I want to talk about Kyrie. Um, I feel like every time we talk about Kyrie, it's it's not about him playing basketball. We didn't, make, we didn't even make it to February. <laughs> every time we talk Kyrie, it's not about him playing basketball. So we're gonna talk Kyrie. We're gonna talk Lamelo. Um, I want to I want to I want to I want to throw throw some some a few minutes on LeBron James. Uh, Steph Curry, can he carry those boys to the playoffs? We'll talk that all with our guy Ryan from Four Seasons. He's coming on at around 620. We're going to close the show. Bulls, the big dog Darnell Mayberry of The Athletic is coming on. We got a lot of hard-hitting questions for him. The Bulls are off. COVID uh, delay. We were supposed to play, what, Boston tonight, yeah? Yeah, which is the stupidest thing in the world, but yep. Yeah, Boston, Boston Bulls gets delayed. So who else... Then uh, if we're not going to watch the Bulls, let's talk the Bulls with Darnell Mayberry. That's exactly what we're going to do. Big Nick the Quick. Yes, sir. What it do? Are you sipping on something? Oh, yeah, man. You know what I'm saying? I got the, got the okay. drink with me tonight. <laughs> it's evening shows, man. It's these evening shows, man. Why not? Uh, you, know? you should have hit me. I would have grabbed oh, my something. Bad. My, I, well, I, don't know. I don't know what your status is, bro. You you, you kind of in yeah. between in between uh, resolutions and whatnot, nah, man. I'm not gonna aid. I'm not gonna aid. To, I'm not gonna aid the destruction, man. I can't do that. You gotta make your okay. own choices. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. I feel that. But I am gonna. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna fuck with those those things you were telling me about the other day, man. Yeah, big Nick in, the my, in my February move. Big Nick too, the January quick. too stressful. <laughs> big Nick the Quicks. I told him I was doing Jai January, and then I had a glass of wine with some buddies. So that was. But I've only had one. I've had one glass of wine since January started. You got so, to, man. You got the homies know. come through. You got to, you know, yeah. break the vino out. It could be worse. Yes, I'm gonna try to get back on. I'm gonna try to get back on course. Or I have gotten back on course, but that's what it is. It's life. Let's jump into it. Another year of college football. And and I'm not gonna act like we've been talking about college football all year, but we haven't. But I wanted to touch on this because 
Another year, another Alabama team goes undefeated, wins national championships. Saban now has seven chips. He's won a championship in three in three decades now. He yeah. is uh, continuing, and, and, and they'll win another one next year. He's continuing to do exactly what he wants to do at any time, right? Look, at the end of the game, he put in the backups, and it was twelve blue chippers. <laughs> it's like oh, it's Bryce Jones, number one quarterback coming in. Some running back you never heard of, but he'll 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 win the Heisman. You know, just yeah, just keep it rolling. Literally, no pun intended. Keep it rolling. They yeah, roll time. They <laughs> absolutely smoked out um, Ohio State. Justin Fields didn't look too healthy. That wasn't really. I didn't. I don't feel like that was talked about enough leading up to the game. Like, yo, are we going to talk about how this dude's hit pointer is obviously messed up from last game, but. It didn't seem like it was addressed. It was kind of like, oh, he threw six touchdowns, so he's healthy now. He's fine. And, yeah, and we're just going to keep that rolling in the next week. And uh, and also, Justin Fields doesn't play defense. So, I mean. <laughs> is Justin, does Justin Fields cover Devontae Smith? I don't care if, I don't care if he would have been 130%. They wasn't winning last night. That, yeah. We'll talk about it, but that game was over. Brief. It was brief. Justin Fields doesn't <laughs> play defense, so I don't know if it matters anyway, if he was nope. healthy or not. But nope. – uh, he was gonna have to hang fifty, and on a bum on a bum hip, that was gonna be tough. What'd you think about the game? Obviously, they 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 started off going you know TD for TD early, and then it started to get away. Like uh, Herb Street and Fowler were talking about first people are gonna stop, we're gonna win the game, and that was exactly what happened. They got to stop, and uh, yeah, they were going back and forth and that, in the yeah, beginning there, and that, and that was it. Yeah, and then one the game. Yeah, once that stop happened, the, the floodgates opened up for Alabama. Um, you know, I'll, I'll preface this by saying, man, I didn't. I've never watched less college football. I'm not a big college football guy to begin with. You, you yeah. can check. You can check our resume on that one. Um, I watched a lot less this year because I just felt like the whole situation is just dirty. Yeah, you know, it's just yeah. this is the most exploitative uh, year in college football in the history. It's just that they, if they wanted to show you what they were about and what was important, they 100 showed you this year. With that being said, uh, yeah, I mean, game last night expected went exactly how I expected it to go, man. If they're not playing against some Deshaun Watson led or Trevor Lawrence type Clemson team that that has that chance, they're just gonna roll it, man. They're just gonna roll whoever they're playing. And Ohio State, knowing going into that game that Devontae Smith was the number one priority. I don't know if they didn't have a game plan for him, but whatever it was, it did not work. At one point in time, he went over the middle, and they had a linebacker covering him. And I was like, look, man, I don't care what the coverage dictates. Often, like we talk about the Bears with Johnny Trevathan and truck coverage, they should never have a situation where this guy has a linebacker even thinking about guarding him. Uh, Just stop the best player on the field. The guy just won the Heisman last week. <laughs> Focus all your attention there. Yo, the guy won the Heisman Trophy last week. Like, let, let let's make sure he doesn't go crazy. Like you said, I've, I think, I've never seen anybody more open, more consistently when everybody knew he was getting the ball. Yeah, no doubt. And, and they put him in the backfield. They line him up in the slot. They line him up on the outside. It's like whoever your best cover guy is, Jeff o- or Jeff Okuda's in the NFL. Whoever the fuck it is at Ohio State, they always have good corners. Yeah. Put that man on him and leave him there. Yeah. Well, that Ward. That's that a scheme. Ward, that Ward buddy was supposed to be that. Is that him? He was supposed to be. They, well, allegedly, he was. He said that's who he wanted to guard and all that. If I'm a GM, I'm putting on the film. <laughs> Yo, I'm going to tell you this. Like, <laughs> they expose. They expose real quick. Alabama exposes other teams' big time defenders. 
Go watch Notre Dame versus Alabama national title game and key in on Manti Teo. Exposed. This is the thing about – no, about – no, and I agree. Yeah, it's – uh, the coaching is there. I know I was listening to a lot of people this morning talk about how Saban, you know, he flexes and he adapts, and that's why he's he, – he goes and hires offensive – listen – he Saban is so comfy. He doesn't really he doesn't he's doesn't give a fuck about what you're gonna say about him. Go give me Sarkeesian fresh off of the the alcohol situation at USC. I know the boy can call offense though. So go ahead, bring him in. I'll, I'll we'll take care of him. Who was my boy? Give me, give me Lane Kiffin. Yo. Lane Kiffin, like, you're available. You just got fired on the bus Yo. by the Raiders. Come on, man. Come on down. Yo, this guy Lane Kiffin is a, a is a huge wild card media <laughs> problem. I'll take care of that part. I know he could scheme. I know he could coach. Come on, bro. Come on yeah. down. We'll, we'll we'll take care of that. So when they say he adapts, it's like, yeah, he's adapting. He also has the best players in the country, and he's not afraid. He doesn't. He he doesn't care. He's not worried about what other people are going to say about him and who he's bringing in. If they can coach, he'll deal with the flack that that comes with it. And you know, and he and the thing is, man, because of his success, so he he you can tell by looking at him, by listening to him, he's a hard ass. He runs a hard ass program. He runs a tight ship. They don't fuck around, right? And you can do that when you have that type of success, right? Like, we know that that shit works if the players buy in. We've seen it happen before. It's just the players have to buy in. And when you have that kind of success, you're able to run your program like that. And in a year where the most important thing you could possibly have would be a tight ship because there were so many variables, Nick Saban ran the tightest ship. That's it. No doubt about it. I mean, they they played a full 12 games, you know what I'm saying? And there was they they played a huge SEC schedule so Saban said that 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 might be the best team he's had they they went through the ringer across the board like Nick the quick like Nick the quick mentioned and I and I'm gonna I, I'm gonna co-sign this as well I did not watch a bunch of college football I watched a fair amount but I used to I'm talking like I I used to watch every game all game I think it was just a little different with college sports and how that was, was, that was Saturday right yeah. yeah Saturday was college football right this year and obviously I watched all the playoff stuff but I really tuned I, – I was looking forward to tuning into this game because I wanted to see – you want to see the, the the blue chippers of the blue chippers. Like, let me see this Devontae Smith stud. Like, first of all, he's the first wide receiver to win the Heisman since what? Who, Tim Brown or like Desmond yeah. Howard? Something yeah, like really. that, right? So, like, that – that in itself is uh, okay. Let me turn on this guy and see see what's up. So my my biggest thing is I want to see who who the talent is. Like let me let me watch the the elite talent. The uh, the running back for Bama. I'm blanking on his name too. Oh no, um, he'll, he'll he'll be somewhere next year. Tw- Twenty deuce. This dude is one of the strongest running backs I've ever seen at Bama. Oh oh uh, uh, uh Najee Harris. Dude, Najee Harris, bro. Yeah, what was that yesterday? Dude, gonna, he had a guy bounced off of him. Yo, this guy <laughs> is different strong. Yeah. Like, go watch the, the highlights yesterday. He got hit and would have had uh, – He I, I tweeted out that he shook off a targeting. He got hit, and if, if he would have went down, the other guy would have got ejected. Like, th- he was that strong. He just shook the targeting off, kept it moving, picked up like two more yards. But let's talk because we're we're crushed on time because we we started a few minutes late. My guy, I got my guy Ryan in the in the green room. I see you, baby. He uh, we're we're talking hoops in like fifteen minutes. But the let's talk to, let's talk the Heisman Trophy winner, Demonte Smith. 
listen, bro. On a field full of blue chip athletes, on a field full of dudes that are going in the league, he looked different. Different. That's I guess as simple as that, bro. He was the I think it was like one of the like the third or fourth, maybe second or third, uh, early in the game. He caught a swing screen and turned the corner on like four or five guys from Ohio State, and that was all I needed to see. I'm like this dude, this dude's speed is different. different. He's different. Um, Herb Street and those guys were saying like, "Yo, this dude's humble. He just does his thing. He goes out." What'd you think about seeing him live? He had three touchdowns and two hundred yards receiving in the first half. So yeah, kind of like you, and I think this is why I do struggle with like watching run of the mill college football like all the time. I watch college football and college basketball for one fucking reason, an eye towards the pros. Exactly. If I'm watching college football. I want it. If there's nobody on there that's eligible to play on Sunday, if your quarterback is trash, I cannot do it. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. A, I'm not a fan of any particular team or anything like that. So watching that, I'm like, yo, okay, this dude won the Heisman. Okay, you know, let's see what we got. Is this an NFL? Obviously, he's an NFL player, but like, is this? Top five type guy, like what do we see here? Look, man, incredible. Like I said, they line. I counted four different places that they lined him up, including in the backfield. They move him all over. He got open no matter where he was. He found the way to get open. He caught the ball. He ran after the catch. Um, I get it. He's a bit undersized, but if you get him in space, that doesn't really matter. Um, I don't think you're sending this guy over the middle. You know, what I mean, that's not that's not what he's there to do. Man, um, and, yeah. and over the middle is not over the middle. Like it it's was not. Here. Yeah, you can't. Yeah, exactly. You don't have Rodney Harrison waiting there to, to, to yeah. send you to the hospital. Right. Like these guys can barely look at you wrong if yeah. you come over the middle. So whatever it might be, he, he he's one of those guys that I feel like I, I you know what I was thinking about when I was watching him. I was like, yo, put this guy on the Chiefs. Like, they would just move him around all over the place. You know what I mean? So, any one of those type offenses, for sure. Like, yeah, I, I I thought that he was great, phenomenal. First half is all it took. I understand he was out in the second half, but that's all he needed. 12 catches, 215 yards, three touchdowns, and, and it really was easy. over the game. And it was easy. And it was easy. I, every time he caught – I was on the phone with my dad we were talking about because we were talking about him the week before. My dad's like, yeah, this guy's incredible. Ooh, he doesn't even watch college ball like that at all. And we're talking about it, and like as I'm on the phone with him, he catches another touchdown. We're just like, yo, this dude is just open all day. And the whole defense knows that that's who you need to stop. Yeah. So, yeah, that's no, a Sunday I, player. Yeah, Sunday player, no doubt. Top five. Go ahead, take him. Yeah. Unless it's a quarterback or a legitimate offensive lineman, uh, take him. Yeah, I think. Or a pass rusher. A, a conversation that was all over Twitter and all over the television was should the Jets take him at two? No. Um, Okay, there you go. That's what Big Nick's. Well, because I know there's this dude, I think he's from Oregon, there's a left tackle from Oregon that's one of these, you know, can't miss left tackles. And you know how I feel about the line. Like, I get it's not sexy to draft linemen second overall, yeah. but good teams do it. And you don't worry about the position for 15 years. Yeah. Like, who is my man's out of Baltimore? They just gave him 100 million, right? Yo, so you're saying, <laughs> you know, the like- guy, I spent, yo, <laughs> I wish I would have loaded that tweet. There's a guy on Alabama that's never given up a sack his whole yeah. his whole three years uh, at Alabama. He has like it's like some ridiculous like 800 snaps or something. He's never given up a sack. Yo, so, and Saban will fuck with everybody. You know who Saban doesn't fuck with? That dude. He does his job. Nick Saban has nothing oh, to say to that man. If, if, yeah, exactly. Well, There's nothing to say to that man. Hey, Nick coach. Saban, hey. Nick- Hey, how, how you doing? doing? How you doing? Good. <laughs> see you on Saturday. Exactly. No worries, coach. I'm gonna be here. That's who, those are the type of guy, and that allows Alabama to do whatever they want to. That allows these teams to do whatever they want to. We've just went over this whole Bears year talking man the line. You can't do shit. You can't do shit. You can't do shit. 
So I don't want to hear about how important it is to 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 get pass rushers and all this if you're not talking about getting the guys to stop them. So if there's a player there, if you're the Jets, you, you need to rebuild from like the foundation. And while it might be nice, might be nice to get Sam Darnold like a sexy target to throw to, doesn't matter if he's on his ass. I agree. But with that being said, if he's better than this lineman, absolutely take him. But I just think it's hard to bring a receiver in there and expect him to like make Make, that type of difference unless you have other shit in place. Like if you don't have an offensive line, forget a quarterback. If you don't have a line to protect, he's worthless. I agree. Yo, low key. Allen Robinson. Wide receivers are literally the last people you should be like filling out the squad with. That's make a difference. It's like one of those things where like a good one absolutely like takes you to the top, but they can't do it alone. Yes, exactly. Not where you start. You start at the trenches. You start at the D line and the O line. Absolutely. And build yeah. out from that way. Last point on the national championship. I'm going to say this. Uh, Sarkeesian was doing, like you said, Nick, an unbelievable job of getting Devontae Smith the ball. However, whatever formation, whatever part of the field it was on, if it was motion, if it was a screen, if it was a streak, he was getting mismatches. Um, all that stuff was major. Shout out uh, Nick Saban, Sarkeesian off the Texas Natty Talk, Roll Tide. That's seven titles for Nick Saban. Real quick. We're running out of time quick. We got about we got about a quick eight minutes on uh the NFL and then we could touch yeah. on it. We we could t- we come back to it going into the weekend. Um my guy Ryan from Four Seasons is coming up on NBA talking about eight minutes. NFL. Obviously, let's just I- I'm gonna ask you one question. We'll skip we'll skip Peterson and Watson. Or we could touch on it, I guess. We'll see how, how it works out. But What's your favorite playoff matchup? Are you more looking forward to like Brady Breeze? Last time they might link up. Um, you know the storyline. Last time the Bucks saw the Saints, they got mashed out, murdered, rolled over, whatever you want to call it. Or are you trying to see Lamar Jackson versus the the, the new age Buffalo Bills? Hey. That you, so I, I saw you Saturday. Seven <laughs> fifteen. Take my money for Ravens versus Bills. That's, that's what I want to see. That is exciting. Those are two most ex- – that's the most exciting matchup going. This is this is number three for Buccaneers Saints. While I think the Browns are a great story, and shout out to Cleveland Browns for getting the playoff win. Shout out Baker Mayfield for really silencing the critics. Like, we, we've given him shit here, but I'm going to give him his flowers. I think that, you know, the Chiefs are going to roll them, though. Rams-Packers just doesn't excite me. I don't like watching the Packers. I like watching Aaron Rodgers. I don't love watching the Packers. I don't love watching the Rams. I was going to say I don't love watching the Rams. Yeah, they're just two teams I just would rather not watch. Um, Ravens-Bills, man. That's it. it, It's one of those games. I can't look at it and be like, oh, this team's definitely going to win or this is what's going to happen. All I can tell you is two quarterbacks playing at a high level. Lamar Jackson ripped the monkey off his shoulder, right, or off his back. He, 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 there's no longer that, that cloud, you know, when you haven't done something, that's all you think about, right? Like every single snap, he's thinking about the fact that he hadn't won a playoff game yet. Now that that's over, he's able to play carefree, carefree. Lamar Jackson is what we want to see. Josh Allen gets better. Every snap he takes. Dude looks better. Every snap. He, it's not even every game. It's not even every week. It's not even every year. Every NFL snap he takes, he gets better. This guy will be the best court. Other than Patrick Mahomes, remember we decided a long time ago we take Mahomes out of best conversations because it's a given. Yeah. He shouldn't even win the MVP. He just get the Patrick every year. Here you go. Man. <laughs> uh, no more MVP consideration. It's too easy. Yeah. Um, but outside of that, it's going to be Josh Allen, man. At this trajectory, this guy's incredible. He's incredible. He looks tough, dude. He's incredible. He's got it all. 
And he's Curly. got the confidence. We talk about the confidence all the time. This guy thinks he's the best quarterback in the NFL. Yeah. So um, he thinks, he, and he thinks he's in the best situation. He loves the town. Yeah, he loves, he loves it. He loves the coach. He loves like, digs in the new. Like, I played college football at Wyoming. Buffalo is great. Yeah. <laughs> no awesome. facts though, like for real. Yeah, this is a big city. This is great. <laughs> Listen, the Brady and Breeze matchup is something. Well, like yo, if I'm gonna keep it 100, first of all, it's something that I've seen multiple times. Um, Drew Brees is. I don't want to say not a good quarterback, but he's not anywhere near as exciting as Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson, the the the, the MVP of the NFL. Yeah. So I'm good off I, I, I'm good off the uh, the Saints Bucks purely off. I think it's going to be a lot of short passes. I think it's going to be a lot of defense, and there's going to be like the one or two mistakes. I could see a a, a flat out classic. In, in, in Ravens Bills. And I'm going to say this. High level. Listen, I love Lamar. I'm always rooting for that squad. I love Harbaugh out in Baltimore. I, I think he, he brings a great culture and lets his. He's never you, ever you won. The, the non fraudulent Harbaugh? Yeah, the non fraudulent Harbaugh. Well, listen, the. the <laughs> When his brother was in the NFL, he was not fraud. Yeah, he was not a fraud. He's been um, fraud, fraud yeah, at Michigan. But he's been a fraud at Michigan. <laughs> um, yo, the he got, an, got extension. an extension. Yo, that was insane. But we could talk about that another day. Um, I'm gonna say this. Big salute to Harbaugh for he's never, ever, 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 ever one for one second tried to change Lamar Jackson in any sort. Nope. Talk like this, do this, say this. Nah, bro, be yourself, go out Mike there. Jones. Yeah. Said Mike Jones. <laughs> Do your thing. He 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 lets his guys be themselves, and I love that about about him and the Ravens. I, I always root for the Ravens when I can. That being said, and we'll get more into this later in the week. We'll we'll do a little NFL playoff preview. Baltimore can't keep up with Buffalo. Plain and simple, Buffalo wants to blow your door. Buffalo, it seems like they try to just hang sixty on motherfuckers every week, like yeah. just. Yeah. Just don't care. Don't wanna, care. Want to score a ton of points. A um, little bit of a scare against Indianapolis. They they they, they let those boys hang around. Sure. That could have got ugly, but hey, they got the W. Now the w. they're playing Baltimore. Um, that yes, should be that should be an interesting, 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 interesting game. Yeah, I got one last question for you. I know we got to get off this real quick. Yeah. Um, is Russell Wilson escaping the heat? For what is by far the worst football game I've ever seen Russell Wilson play, and one of the most egregious interceptions I've ever seen thrown in a playoff game. Yeah, the pick where he threw it inside and the receiver, like I, it was one of the worst interceptions I've ever seen in my life. Honestly, I know we love Russ, man, and we don't ever want to slander Russ. Go Hawks, Ayo, Ayo, Bay, whatever <laughs> you gotta say. Mr. You know, Unlimited. Oh, <laughs> <Mr>. Unlimited. Mr. <laughs> Unlimited. Yeah, go Hawks. But. What a yo, bad Russ game, bro. That was a, a fucking egg. Yo, what a it was a pretty bad back end of the season, honestly. Yeah, it was. They, um, they fell apart. Yeah, and he fell apart more than the squad. The squad, they what did they win? Eleven games? Ten yeah. games? Yeah, he so fell apart. They uh they were still locked in, but honestly, they lost in the 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 story with the Rams was golf kind of came back in, got them the win, and yeah, he didn't get too too much slander at all. Yeah, no. Um, 
Which but, I thought hey, was crazy because no. he played awful. I was watching that. I was like, he fucking playing Yo, terrible right really now. Really quick, before we bring Ryan in to talk NBA, what do we talk about when you're a media darling and you're a sweetheart and you're yeah. always positive and it's go hard? on by. When you fuck up, you just go into the offseason and nope. disappear. Nobody wants to be the media guy that buries Russell Wilson. Yeah, exactly. When you're uh, Baker, Baker, you, you fumbled all. We're gonna Baker, Baker, you. They you got tell it. us how great you are every time you can. <laughs> exactly. So you exactly. better not fuck up. You better be perfect. That's a great point. Exactly. And we yeah. talk about that. We can go time. a lot deeper on this if we have more time, but like for sure, that is the perfect like juxtaposition is Baker versus Russ. Yes, Russ <laughs> loses, plays bad, disappears in the <laughs> offseason. And Baker uh, wins a playoff game and people still call him shaky. <laughs> Baker goes those three touchdowns. <laughs> Baker goes into Pittsburgh, gets a W. They're like, I don't know, man. First Browns playoff win since 1954. <laughs> <laughs> and there's there's still questions on the like, road against a rival. I mean, like, hey, I don't know about Baker. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Great point. All right, let's move over to the NBA. We got quite a bit to talk about. Kyrie Irving uh, just took a week off. Eh, I'm just, yeah. I'm straight. It's uh, his birthday. Yeah, it's good. I don't. Whatever it is, I don't. I, I'm gonna take the week off. Just We're gonna talk about that this week. <laughs> we're gonna talk Lamelo, and we'll talk a bunch of stuff. But we're gonna bring in my guy. Salute the big dog, Ryan. From four seasons. I just call him Ryan Four Seasons. I don't want to butcher his last name. No, the last name is too tough anyway. Yeah. We just go Ryan Four Seasons. How are you, Big Dog? This is the first time uh, you've been on with me and my co-host, Big Nick the Quick. Man, we're excited to have you. Yes, right. Sir. Thanks for having me, guys. I'm doing yeah, well. How about yourself? Man, I uh, I got to get a poster like that, like you in the back. Yeah, oh, yeah. I like that, man. I like that. <laughs> new addition, you know? yeah. We, we need that. Yeah, man. Uh, yo, like I said, thanks for hopping on. I greatly appreciate it. I'm looking forward to talking hoops. What we got on the slate, Kyrie, I think that's the biggest one. And I I was saying before you hopped on, I can't remember the last time I brought up Kyrie Irving's name and it was actually talking about basketball. Like right. I, I, haven't, I haven't talked about him and like going crazy or him leading, doing anything besides some off the court issue about whatever it is so we'll talk uh we'll talk Kyrie. we'll talk lamello i want to get your thoughts on lamello impact player i i I, i'll just say that impact player very uh not even 20 years old and uh figuring it out on the fly to say the least so we'll talk that i want to talk about lebron steph curry um did you shoot me any messages back on the dm about anything that you wanted to highlight before we get into Kyrie? Everything you just mentioned. I'm good to go any NBA ever. I ingest this information in every game, every night. So I'm I'm good to go with whatever you guys want to talk about. Let's do it. Big Nick the Quick. No, let me actually kick it to let me kick it to, to Ryan to start because I already know where you stand on Kyrie. <laughs> well, well documented. Yes, it's well documented. <laughs> it's all wax. The no catch-up boys are sick and tired of Kyrie Irving. Yeah. I get it. This guy is an animal. He, uh, one of the best finishers we've ever seen at the cup, hits big shots, can hoop. There's no, I don't, we never question the hooping side. You feel me? Right. Yeah. Where are you at with Kyrie now off the court? Kind of how the shit ended in Boston to where we're at now. It's, it's, it's been, it's, it's, it continues to happen. And I'll say this. 
no repercussions whatsoever for anything he does. I mean, he's a good player. He's an exciting player. And people on social media and on Twitter and everywhere love watching him. But his off-the-court stuff, I'm sick of it too, just like you guys. I, I, we were texting about it in our group here. That's why I pulled up my phone. And I, I put it into words in a way I never have before, and I liked it. So I'll read it to you guys. It's just okay. a quick, simple sentence. His actions contradict how he wants people to believe he is. He, to me, it appears, he wants to be seen as a certain person or his personality needs to be seen as this. And he's going over the top so much that it contradicts what he wants people to think he is. This spiritual kind of hipster who is trying to change the way people look at working too hard as an athlete or he wants to be in the limelight as the guy to the leader of a movement that nobody's really getting behind and now he's like well shit my by myself am i just gonna have to keep doing this and if i back out now people are gonna think i'm a fraud and so he's like caught in this like mid area where like interesting i'm just gonna keep this running hopefully people join on but so far it's just like I'm just by myself and doing the wrong shit and it's not going over well. I think that's interesting because I also do, I, I, I get what you're saying, right? He's like, Oh shit. I've kind of like started. This is how I, this is how I am. And this is how I'm supposed to be. It's like he's, a role. Yeah, yeah. And he's trying to keep it up. Right. Yeah. But I think at the end of the day, if he shut the fuck up and just played ball, I would forget about all that shit. Me too. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like I would have no problem with him just showing up and hooping. Right. But yeah. wait, what do you think about Will? Well, I talked about it earlier in the year. It's the same shit he always does. He will cause a controversy, bring attention to himself. It gets covered and talked about because you're Kyrie freaking Irving. You're one of 19 players in the NBA that have a signature shoe. Like you are a high profile player. So when you do something, it's going to get talked about. And then he'll turn and look at you and say, why are you talking about me? Why are you putting me in this light? Remember the LeBron <laughs> you thing? You go it, on KD's podcast. You say comments that can only be described as inflammatory towards LeBron and then get on Instagram live and say, well, why is it brother versus brother? So to Ryan's point, like, yeah, he's trying to be this citizen of the world, but over rotating on it to the point where it's like, dude, you're actually just a selfish asshole mm -hmm. and nobody really wants to be around you. Like mm -hmm. if I'm one of his teammates, it's like, look, dude, we get it, man. Like you are at a talent level way above us. You have the jewelry that we don't have. You have the all-star games. But, bro, you are not LeBron. You are not Kobe. You can't – and like, even them, they don't carry themselves like this, man. You can't right. decide when you show up to work. You can't decide what you're going to do. You can't spend two years in Boston completely sabotaging their young core and then come in here like you're Mr. Kumbaya. Like, they didn't run you out of town. Like, they didn't say, no, we're straight. We'll just bring in Kimball Walker, who's not as good as you, but we know that he's a, a, a guy that we can get along with. Like, it's all a fraud, man. He's a fraud. He's a fraud. He's fraudulent. I love him on the basketball court. I am all about being yourself. I don't feel like you need to fit into some box of what the media wants you to be and have to do all that. You don't have to tell that line. You can be an individual. Don't be an asshole. And, like, he is outwardly an asshole and pretty much making it very clear that it's only about him. It's only about him and whatever he's trying to advance. When he comes back from this, they're going to say, hey, Kyrie, there were pictures of you at your sister's party, massless, partying up in the club. He's going to say, 
oh, what, now we can't spend time with family? Athletes can't have family? <laughs> That's what he's going to say. That's what it's not going to say, like, you know what? Yeah, it's a bad look. Maybe I should have woo-woo-woo. I agreed to, like, you know, follow the protocols the league put in front of me or I could have not played this year. It's going to be like, oh, family's important. They're the root of all structure. And it's just going to be some long existential fucking speech about whatever. <laughs> and, like, we're all supposed to be like, oh, yeah. Like, he's just so full up his own ass. Yeah. Brian, what do you think about this latest situation with the week off and Nash? What do you do if you're Steve Nash? What do you – I feel bad. Yeah, go ahead. I feel bad for Steve Nash. Like, obviously, I think he's a good players coach because he's not too far from removed from being a very good player. And I think he was brought into Brooklyn because he was on the assistant warrior staff coaching KD, and KD feels comfortable but him and mending relationships as players go. So he's just got to control minutes, Steve Nash, and then just sit back and let his all-stars do their thing. But now when you get into this stuff off the court, which is one of the reasons that I thought would be the biggest struggle with KD and Kyrie both, so far KD, nothing off the court that we need to worry about. But Kyrie, this is a real problem. And like you said, it's so selfish of him and what he stands for, all the spirituality is supposed to be like every human is equal and we're together and nobody is greater than any moving parts or any other teammate. And yet the way he's acting is contradicting that. And it's all about him. So I've heard Steve say stuff like, man, I don't know. He hasn't even told me yet. He hasn't told me why he's not coming to games. He hasn't told me why he's asked to, not play this week. And so if I'm Steve, I'm like, man, I don't know what I do. Like on one hand, Kyrie Irving's a perennial all-star, won a championship, and he's really good on the court. But how much bullshit am I willing to just take up and yeah. let bother my locker room? I don't know. And I think, look, I think Steve Nash takes the gig knowing that he's going to have to take a bunch of bullets for Kyrie Irving. Like there's no question about that. Like when he's, when he's coming on, he's like, all right, I kind of get the deal here. But at the same time, bro, like, help me out. Don't, I, don't, don't leave me out to hang, like, exactly like Ryan said. Someone asked me, yo, where's Kyrie? And I literally, like, don't have any idea. Know. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, yeah, like, you can't leave me out to dry like that. Don't and you think, though, that they would have, like, a relationship? Like, Steve brought him there, and they're acting all probably buddy-buddy, and, like, they're both point guards. They both have a system in play that's really free-flowing for them. Don't you think off the court they like have a good relationship? And then once he pulls this shit, Steve's like, I thought I knew who you were. I thought we were cool. And then what? what's happening? You, you left me in the dark right. on every decision that you're making. Steve right. knew what he was getting to. I think Steve was was KD's boy, right? Like they worked together yeah. in the Warriors, and that, that's really what brought him there. And I think to the KD point, it's like KD is moody. No one has ever called him selfish. No one's ever really called him a bad teammate. I think he's just a moody, kind of a loner type guy, right? Yeah. Just a different type of personality to deal with. But it's never going to translate into really screwing up your team. Obviously, that that Golden State situation is a one-of-a-kind situation that was combustible. But, Ryan, let me ask you this, because this is something that I've been thinking about for a while with Kyrie. He's won his championship, right? He's mm -hmm. got his accolades. He could retire tomorrow and be cemented in the Hall of Fame, right, or, or close to it, whatever it might be. Kyrie has three years and about $109 million left on this contract, which is all the more reason to stay playing basketball. But once that's over with, he's made $230 million playing basketball. He's won an NBA championship. He's a multi-time all-star. 
Does this dude keep playing basketball after this contract is over? Is he just collecting this last big paycheck? Because he already mentally checked out, I guess, is what I'm almost asking now, right? Like, why you would stay around your job for another $130 million, obviously. But when that's over with and he's made that much money, right? Like, was he I, done after that championship? Because that's when all the fucking weirdness started. Dude, that's crazy that you asked this question. I asked myself the same question today before I knew I was coming on the show, before I talked about it with my buddies. And I went to Basketball Reference and looked at Kyrie's age just to make sure that he's not sneaky 25 and I missed something. He's 28, about to turn 29, grown-ass man. Like, he has reached different levels of his career. And like you said, I always like to put in picture of, okay, what's a player's motivation? Do they want a ring or do they want money right now? Fred Van Fleet's a free agent this offseason. I knew he would be willing to chase the money. He got his ring. He wanted to prove to himself that he's worth the big check. Thankfully, the Raptors matched that, and so I was spot on with what Fred Van Fleet wanted. With Kyrie, I don't know what's going on. He's good at basketball. I think maybe – that's why I checked his age. I thought he was taking it for granted a little bit, and I thought to myself, okay, is Kyrie going to grow up and realize that his life is amazing compared to everybody else's? Is he going to have a good perspective that makes him realize, I'm in the NBA and I'm an elite player. I should just keep this going while I can and I would think a 28, almost 29-year-old would have the perspective of, man, I got it good. There's a lot of people out there that would kill to be Kyrie Irving. But we don't see that. So I don't know if his mindset is really set on his calling being a longevity NBA guy. That's what I, I was going to say. Like, you talk about his lifestyle being great, but is that how he envisions his lifestyle? Right. Like, I wonder if he thinks it's something else. And that's the only thing I can think of. And he can literally do whatever he wants to when he retires. He's got a quarter million billion dollars. Like he, yeah. he's yeah. Listen, ask ask me this question on his contract year, and then I'll tell you what he wants to but do. He's facing another hundred million to turn down. Another hundred. I'm not falling for that. I'm not paying that that money. Yeah, when he when he when he shows up for all eighty two, and he's and he's and he hasn't said a peep in the media, uh, and he's going for twenty five eight and five. And then, then I'll let you know if he wants to. He might hit him one more time and then and then go about his business. But That's almost you know how I thought about this Brooklyn though? deal, though. Like, he got so much money. He's like, yeah, I got to take it. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, you're good. I, I just – I compare this with other sports, too, because NBA is a player's league, and the money is 100% guaranteed. You can be Chandler Parsons, sit back, and not play a damn game and collect $25 million a year. doesn't matter. The so the NFL <laughs> players don't have this luxury to be like, ah. Eh, I don't really feel like playing tonight. Well, I don't really feel like playing this week. Or my family's got birthdays to celebrate. I'm going to go over here and do that instead of play my games. He's going to get paid no matter what. Now, I know that he's going to have face significant fines if they review the video or whatever, and he's just calling it quits. But they have a lot of flexibility as far as, okay, I'm getting this money no matter what. It's 100% guaranteed. Yeah, I mean, yeah. listen. We'll see, but I, I also think he's like fuck this regular season shit too. I think that's something that no one's really talked about either. He's like, man, I'm not here for the regular season. I could take a week off. I'll go. I'll. I'll I won't tell Steve anything. Uh, whatever. I'll see. Well, this you team needs to play together. Yeah, that's true. That like, I feel true. like I feel like see, like I see where you're coming from with that, but I don't even think that that's his mental of like a fuck the regular season. Yeah. I think he's like fuck my day job. I will show up <laughs> when I need to. I will show up when I want to. When I'm there, I perform. So no one can say anything when I'm in the building. That's it right there, I think. No one can say anything when I'm in the building. If I'm going up there for 48 minutes, you're going to get a show. 
Mm -hmm. right? Like his, even his numbers this year, it's like 28, five and six, like he's putting on a show, but it's not his priority. And I'm not saying that, like, I think oftentimes we think like athletes, like basketball, 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 you know, you got a life, you got kids. That's great, man. But like, this is your job. This is what you are paid to do. You represent the franchise and you came here to do that. Yeah. Uh, and I don't think that he's, I don't think he thinks that way. I would not put it past them to be like, it's a playoff game. Hey man, if it's my dad's birthday, I'm gonna go say fuck it. Cause that's what's important. <laughs> Because like you said, to Ryan's point, I'm getting paid. And if I show up for game two, we'll probably win. Yeah. Okay. Well, look, we can leave Kyrie there. But I think at some point, someone's going to have to hold him accountable. And he's going to have to. And I'm not talking about a $15,000 fine. I'm talking about like someone standing up to Kyrie and being like, yo, what the fuck is going on here? Like, yeah. if you don't want to play, no fucking problem, my boy. Like, yo, we could, we could, we we. First of all, we're we, we're loaded. We don't have a lot of Kyrie's laying around, but I could get a lot of guys some minutes if you don't want to be around the the Brooklyn Nets. Just let me know. At some point, someone's got to hold Buddy accountable. I don't know if it's Steve Nash because it's Steve Nash, the player coach. Um, but it, we'll, we'll does see he have a no happens. trade clause? Because fuck it, if you really get fed up, send his ass to Houston. Oh, yeah, hey, hey, Houston, you, you and those boys. Hey, tell me for Tita, you and those boys figure it out. Here, you want a star back? We'll give you one. <laughs> Good, man. I like it. I like it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, fuck it. Like, I, we said at the beginning of the year, Sean, like, this is what we're talking about, man. This dude is too much of a wild card, and it's not in, like, the he might he might be moody or he might have certain situations. It's I won't show up to work, and I won't tell my boss. <laughs> yeah. Call a no-call, no-show in the real world, and you get fired I, for it. I might yeah. not show up. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, we'll leave Kyrie there. Let's move over to LaMelo Ball, and we could talk to Hornets as well. Hey, yeah. listen, Michael Jordan, We you already know how this is This is a Chicago-based podcast. That that dude is mm-hmm. – I don't even know if God is big enough. Like, th- that's how, like, massive that dude is, right? Like, it's like Jordan, then God, maybe. Like, he, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's, <laughs> that's Michael Jordan. He's the man, right? Right. All, and – and yo, Chicago. This is this one thing about Chicago. Even if it's Michael Jordan, if you're running the franchise like he's been running the Hornets, like you're gonna catch some flack here as well. Like yo, what the fuck is Mike doing? He's picking. He's spending all this money. He's making all these bad draft picks. Whatever. He seemed to have got it right this time. Lamelo Ball is instantly a, a, a impact player. I was up in arms when they gave Gordon Hayward all that money. He's averaging almost twenty three points. Five boards, four assists. He's been playing some of the best ball he uh, he ever has. What do you think about the Hornets, Ryan? What do you think about Lamelo? He's not even getting the minutes that he eventually will, and he's already going for twelve, seven, six. Had his first triple double, the youngest, the youngest guy to record a triple double in NBA history the other night. Um, they're six and five. Talk to me about how you feel about Lamelo. Your thoughts uh, on him and the Hornets. I like what they're doing. Are you guys sneaky Hornets now? Hornets fans? I watch I'm, a, I'm a LaMelo fan. It pains me to watch the Hornets sometimes, though. Like, I yeah. won't watch all the games, and sometimes it's hard for me to watch them. But I, I like certain things about that squad, for sure. So, I'm all in on Melo, though. Yo, if yeah. I'm not, listen, if I'm not watching the Bulls, I'm watching players, and I'll yeah. watch Scary Terry, Devontae Graham, PJ. I'll watch those guys, yeah. They're fun. Sure. They're Miles young. Bridges. Yeah, they're exciting. I like the Hornets. And worst-case scenario, like – I had LaMelo Ball as my number one pick. I saw a lot in him that I liked. 
He's six seven and maybe still growing. Point guard who is a really good passer. I called him a taller Trey Young that can't shoot the three as well. And now that I actually watch him in NBA games, it's it's almost like he does his own thing. He he just goes in hoops like he always has, but it's at the NBA level and it's weird. And like he doesn't fall fit a mold of anybody. He doesn't play like anybody. He flips some one-handed weird ass passes and is like a awkward dribbler, kind of just flails his arms and legs around, but it works. I love watching him. And I think his quirkiness and unorthodoxness works in that position. And like worst case scenario, I thought LaMelo Ball would be just like this clout player that bring excitement to the Hornets. And the Hornets kind of need that. But now he's good and he's going to end up starting in front of probably Devontae Graham, who should have been most improved player of the year. And this is, I'm in Kansas City and I'm a big Jayhawks fan. So we love Devontae Graham over here. Yeah. But yeah, they run some weird ass small lineups where they can go Rozier, Devontae, LaMelo at the three, Gordon Hayward or Miles Bridges at the four, and then PJ Washington at the five. I like what they're doing. It's fun. Yeah. No doubt about it. And I think a big thing before I let you go quick is LaMelo is pushing the envelope and doing what he wants to do on the floor, and he's not turning it over like that. Yeah. Like, you expect a guy like him that's going to be throwing all these wild passes and doing this and being 19 years old in the league running point guard to be turning the ball over. He's got a three-to-one assist. Three-to-one, yeah. Yeah, so. And he's efficient he's shooting. Really well. He's shooting 35% on almost five threes a game. So I think there's a lot to be made about his shot and how he lets it. it to Sean's point, it's unorthodox. Like you watch mm-hmm. it and you're just like, I don't really know. This looks strange. How is he going to attempt that pass? But then he's able to do it. I think a couple things. I 100% thought he was going to be, like you said, a clout chaser, 100% for the grant. I didn't realize, I didn't understand how he would fit into an NBA locker room of serious people than this dude that walks in who all we've ever been told about him is he's not serious. He goes to play in China or goes to play here and there. And it's not really like, you know, serious about the whole thing. Uh-huh. That's not what I've heard about him. That's not what I've read about him. His teammates absolutely love him. It seems like he's getting better every single game. Um, he's shooting the ball a lot better than I thought he would. He's making high level plays. He's making the Hornets watchable. I'm all in on the mellow ball, man. I think he's what I wanted from Lonzo as far as like excitement, like, Lazo's just not exciting, right? He's just a pretty straightforward, straight-faced guy. Yeah. Lamelo is like the exciting Lonzo Ball um, with what I think is a lot higher ceiling. Like, I think if he starts hitting that shot at a 38 39% clip, like, watch out, man. Like, that dude can ball. He can't play defense at all. Um, yeah. And hopefully he figures that out. But he's 19 years old. Um, and just the joy of the game that he plays with, like, to your point, Charlotte absolutely needed a shot in the arm, and that's what Lamelo Ball is going to give them. Because they're not signing any exciting free agents over there. They can give Gordon Hayward $120 million. He'll come over there. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think the future is bright for him, man. I, I'm 100% on the LaMelo train. Have been since the preseason. They talked about him cleaning the glass. And they asked him about it in the, the post game, And he was like, man, I played a lot of 21 when I was coming yeah. up. And I was like, yo, no bullshit. No cap whatsoever. That'll t- playing 21 will teach you how to rebound because mm-hmm. like, that's the only way you're getting the rock. Like, there's nobody passing to you. Like, I love that he said that because yeah. I-, I played in college and I grew up playing my whole life. And some of the things that were my strengths when I played, and even to this day, like, I'm in a couple of pro am leagues right now. 
I learn a shit ton of my stuff from what I used to fuck around and do as kids, like on an eight foot hoop, like spinning the ball off glass with some English and dunking right handed, left handed, reverse dunks. Like that stuck, that stuff sticks with you. And he's only nineteen. Right, I'm right. thirty. Like this stuff sticks with you. And it's so funny that he mentioned that because you're like, you played twenty one. That's you were probably doing that literally last year, just fucking around. <laughs> yeah, really now right, you're in the right, league yeah. playing. That's it's so funny. Yeah, no, and the ball, yeah, dude, the goat, man, the Dennis Rodman said it in the last dance, and anytime I've heard him talk about rebound, it's just you got to be able to read the ball coming off the rim. And like you said, right, yeah, he was probably playing literally intense games of twenty one with his brother that's now in the league, and his other brother that's a a certified. Uh, he was, I mean, had a shot to be in the league, a good basketball player. Jello, yeah, yeah, Jello yeah. probably reap the benefits. I mean, probably two years ago, yeah. like full, like all out 21 games in the backyard. So, yeah, I thought that Yo, was this guy told us he was going to put three kids in the league and fucking I'll be damned if he didn't do it. Like, <laughs> so I mean, like we can talk all we want to. Like, dude was talking crazy. Like, I, I thought that when he put LaMelo over in uh, random academies and all over the world, like I was like, he's killing this kid's chance. Yeah, I was going to the NBA. I'm like, he's killing it. I was and he's the fourth pick in the draft and he's 100 percent in selling, excelling. And looks like he belongs at the hardest position in the NBA to be a young player at. Like, let's not forget that. Like, he is playing the hardest position in the NBA to be a young player at, and he's playing it well. He pushes the pace. He's perfect for the modern NBA. I'm excited. I'm all in, man. Yeah, I think it's interesting what Ryan said about him just kind of out there doing his own thing because that is kind of what it looks like. Yeah. Like, he goes to the rim and doesn't really like kind of know what he wants to do, but you know, he he either he dishes or he gets it done. It's a very uh it's a reason to watch the, the the Hornets, and I don't know what, what more you could say about that. Shout out Borrego for letting him do his thing, too. Yeah, and that part to me is mental. It's I love the mental side of basketball. And, okay, I'm in the league now. Now I have to watch out and change my tendencies and look who's on my team, and this is the big leagues now. I can't fuck up. He's not thinking any of that. He thinks he's the man. He's going to go out and do everything he's always done. He's not changing shit. So what if I'm a 19-year-old point guard? I'm going to play how I've always played. And a lot of guys come into the league kind of scared, kind of intimidated, kind of trying to fit the mold, trying not to stand out too much. But his confidence in how he doesn't have to change the way he plays to just keep balling like he always has ever since he was six, seven, eight years old, I love that. And I don't think he's intimidated by playing pro ball. Like he has played with grown men. He's played with right. people who this is their job to do it. He's played in weird situations. So like a lot of these guys are coming from this cushy ass college situation where you were the man. Like this dude came into the league ready to be a professional. I've yeah. been a professional since I was 16 years old. Like I have prepared that this is my only job. So like, yeah, he's not intimidated coming to the bright lights of the league. And you saw that in his pre-draft interview. Like they're asking him and even like after preseason games and stuff, they're like, so are you intimidated by the speed? Like, how, what do you think about going up against this guy? He's like, it's just basketball. I'm just out yeah. there I've been just doing the same thing I've been doing my whole life. It doesn't – It do, and I, I legitimately believe him when he says that. He is Me not too. He is not scared of the moment. And, like, yeah, I love it. I wonder if, like, the clout and the inst- like the attention on Instagram and being around celebrities all the time and going to clubs. I know he's not one yet. But I wonder if that, like – these kids come into the league so much better than they used to. And the the way they carry themselves is so much more confident. And the NBA is more juiced and stacked than it's ever been. 
I wonder if the more the generations grow up with this fame and this clout, and I'm sure the college athletes are going to start getting paid off their brands. I wonder if that's going to instill the confidence in them for more people to play like this. I think, I think I hundred percent it does. And I think it's, uh, the limelight is not as bright because LaMelo's had whatever, four, five, six, seven million Instagram followers. He's had his own team. He's been a pro. You know what I mean? So like, I think a (laughs) a big part of that, well, you know what I'm saying? A big part of becoming a pro for these young guys was like, Damn, I'm a pro now. I'm I'm a millionaire. I'm I'm super popular. People know who I am now. Just but like, league. bro, this everybody's known this guy for forever now. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm yeah. saying? So yeah, I think that's a big, big, big. Uh, being famous isn't a shock. It's yeah, not. He's exactly. been famous yeah. for a long time. So all the pressure that comes with being in the league, the money, the fame, the clout, whatever it might be. Like, yeah, he's been had that. So it's like, oh, I'm famous now. I've, I've been famous. This is Charlotte. Yeah. I was famous in L.A. Yeah. Like, I mean, you know what I mean? Like, I was right. famous in L.A. when I was 16. Exactly. I'll run Charlotte as a 19-year-old. It's nothing. Yeah. It's sort of hoop. Like, that that passes on to the entire organization, man. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. Yo, Ryan, my guy, I got to let you go. I'm going to bring Darnell Mayberry on to talk about the Bulls. But, yo, big, big love. I appreciate you coming on. Let everybody know where they can find the podcast and uh, rock with you on, on a more consistent basis. Absolutely. Darnell is actually a friend of the show. He came on the Four Seasons show a little bit ago, talked uh, Chicago Bulls. I think this is like a year or two ago. But Okay, word. Four seasons. We're on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, everywhere you guys listen to your podcasts, iTunes. And uh, we have a new guest on the show, usually every week, every two weeks, NBA player, coaches, whatever. Yeah, man. Ryan, you're the man. Thank you so much Thank for coming. Thank you, boys. On. Appreciate yeah, it. We got to do. We, we, we got to start doing this more. Talk some NBA. Absolutely. I'm always down. I'm obsessed with the NBA and talking to you guys is fun. All right, man. You got it, bro. Ryan, a four season. Yeah. I'll, I'll talk to you soon, my boy. All right, man. All right, now we got the guy. I I, I love that convo uh, about Lamelo. I think uh, that boy is different. <laughs> boy is different, man. He different. different. He looks different. Uh, he man. makes he makes passes that are such high level. It's ridiculous. The boy is different, man. I love a right. ball player. All right, let's bring in the boy himself. <clears throat> the Chicago Bulls got an off night. COVID's going on. They were supposed to play the Celtics. So I'm like, man, if I can't watch the Bulls, who would I want to talk to about the Bulls? <laughs> you already know who came to mind. Shout out the boy, Darnell Mayberry. Oh, oh, oh he's got the, the Bulls, the Bulls bro. situation in the background now. <laughs> he's official now. Bro, he moved bro. in. <laughs> bro, the official Chicago he now. Moved in. Bro. And everything. Bro, forget about OKC. <laughs> everything Darnell did before that shit don't matter. He's sleeping, hey. with, he's sleeping with Bulls covers now. We here oh, now. Man. I was raised to believe you bloom where you planted. <laughs> Man, what's going on, man? We haven't talked to you since the uh, the Billy Donovan hiring, man. How you been? Man, I'm good, man. I, I'm just maintaining with all this nonsense going on, man. It's a man. lot of nonsense, but trying to maintain. Absolutely, absolutely. It's all you can do. Man, I appreciate you coming on. And uh, the Bulls trying to maintain, too. It's, yeah. been a, it's been an interesting start. It's been an interesting start. Tell me uh, – Yo, quick, do you want to talk about covering the squad first? Yeah, so, I mean, the- I want to ask you a question because obviously, man, you're, you're used to being in there in the locker room with the team, getting the pulse of the team, not just doing interviews, but just being around the guys, being around the coaching staff, just kind of really seeing what goes on. Obviously, with this new regime, um, 
and all the COVID stuff, you don't have that opportunity right now. So how are you doing it, man? Like, how are you kind of getting that inside information at the same time while still answering your questions that are on camera, on Zoom, all that? Like, how are you kind of, you know, doing what you would normally do in this COVID situation? Man, a lot of it is over Zoom, like you mentioned, but we can't we can't get the insight that we got in years past. We can't get the relationships. We can't build the relationships like we did in years past. It's a lot more challenging now, but there's still an appetite for the actual game. Um, and, and if you can break down the game, if you can explain to people what they saw, why they saw it, I still think that there's a lot of value in that. And so that's one of the things that I really try to do. And I'm going to have to do a lot more of this season. And then the other thing is, man, as a reporter, you have to call people. You have to network. You have to uh, try to get people on the phone and, and get information outside of whatever you would have gotten, whether you were there or not. And so uh, there's a lot of that that's going on. That you got to get people on the phone. You got to try to develop other avenues to try to get information. And I think that's just going to be a lot of what we see this season. Um, while while everyone's getting the same information over Zoom, what's going to separate you is the idea. Number one, if you come up with a, if you generate a good idea, and then execute it, being able to call people and, and develop, tap into some of your own sources, uh, I think that's going to separate you from from the next reporter. Fair enough. Makes sense. No question. Me. Yeah, absolutely. The Bulls is uh let me I'll just I'll, I'll give you all the rope you want and then I'm gonna start hitting you with some hard hitting questions. But what is uh what's your first impression on the new squad? Obviously, Pat Williams has looked has looked solid. Kobe has been putting the ball in the basket. Um, what is uh to start the season? What's your initial initial thoughts? And I mean, I've obviously been reading the content, but they look solid. Yeah, they've shown some growth. Uh, those first two games, you know, I know Sean, you read, so you saw that I wrote them off after yeah. after that. Second game. <laughs> yeah, I said yeah. these guys, these guys can't be fixed. Yeah, Tom ain't yeah. gonna fix these guys, but Billy Donovan, I give a lot of credit, man, and, and we knew coming in that he was such an upgrade from Jim Boylan, and we don't got to waste time talking about Jim Boylan, but we knew Billy Donovan was gonna be a, a, a huge upgrade, and. So far, through 11 games, that's what he's been. And these guys are really buying into what he's selling. They are believing that the philosophies that he's putting forth can really make a difference. And they believe that they can go out there and win no matter who they're playing or who, how many guys they're, they're short. So, you know, we've seen the last seven games where they've been out, been without Larry Markin and Ryan Archidiakono. Uh, Thomas Sadoransky and Chandler Hutchinson, but they've still been competitive. And so you've got to give credit to the coaching staff from the standpoint that they have these guys in position to win games, even though they're shorthanded and and even though they're playing some really good teams. So, you know, you're seeing a lot of uh, progress being made, especially offensively, where last year was the second worst offense. And now I think they're top half of the league. So um, you know, they're making a lot of progress and I'm, I'm frankly surprised because when you bring back 14 of the uh, 17 players, including the two way guys, you didn't really expect them to show much of a difference than they showed in the year, in the previous year. 
but they are coming out and competing more, and they've gotten better as the season has gone along, which is what you want any team to do. So with what you know about Donovan and having covered him in OKC, you know, this isn't your first time with him. Um, after those first two games versus the Hawks and Pacers, obviously Bulls fans, Bulls writers were up in arms about this team. If you're Billy Donovan, just knowing what you know about him, what was he telling the team in the locker room? What was he telling the team in practice to kind of write the ship? He, you know, I asked him that the other day, as a matter of fact, and he was talking about how he just preached being competitive. And that was the main thing. Just be competitive. And no matter how much you're down, it's the NBA. There's generally a 20. And I didn't ever really think about this. He said there's a generally a 23 point swing. You know, a team could be down 11 and then be up 12. Uh, and so that, that obviously happens, you know, Billy Donovan is not an idiot. He studied it. He's not just throwing out numbers like, you know, who used to do, but, um, <laughs> you mean Luke Cornett is Robert Ory? <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking more 35 assists per oh, game. 35 assists, yeah. Yeah, I yeah. Mean, There's so many of them, man. I can't shoot. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, man. Um, so, so he's really just preached that competitive angle and and going out there and competing no matter what no matter what the situation no matter how shorthanded you might be go out there and compete and and give yourself a chance and these guys seem like they're buying into it man I mean to go out there and do what they're doing against the Clippers against the Lakers in their buildings without Larry Marketing without Thomas Sadoransky without Hutchinson that's three rotation pieces including your starting power forward I don't care we can debate Larry Marketing all day long but that's three rotation pieces yeah, and they come within one possession of beating those guys, championship caliber teams. You got to give a lot of credit to Billy Donovan. I think that's a perfect segue into my first my first question, direct question for you. So when Laurie comes back, who who are the where where does he get minutes at? Because we know Thad and uh, Gafford have been playing well. Do you leave him on the bench? What what where does do you do you just split it up and and, and give I, I guess give all three of them some minutes? What do you think he does? What do you think he should do? And uh, where are you at on Laurie right now? And I'm, I'm, I've been low on him. I like the way he started the season. But I don't think you can come in and try to do what they were doing from the preseason to those first, uh, what was it, five games. I don't think, or four games. I think you come in and, and he, he, he needs to find a way to blend in. He needs to find a way to fit with what they're doing. Because they were force-feeding him the ball in the preseason and in the first four games of the regular season. And, yeah, he was getting his, but you saw Zach Levine wasn't getting his. And there were times where Zach would come out and try to force it up. And yeah. I don't understand the, the mindset of trying to give a lesser offensive player more opportunities yeah. when you got a beast as a scorer over here in Zach Levine when you're just trying to tell him to fit in. That, to me, is backwards. So. I want to see how they operate. I want to see how they manage it when Laurie comes back. And I believe he probably will come back Friday if that game also doesn't get postponed with all this COVID stuff. So, um, you know, I think the Bulls have something to, to, to figure out. And I think Laurie has something to figure out in terms of his place and how he fits, how he can still get his without being force fed the ball in the offense. So he's going to have to earn his spot, not earn his spot back. Obviously, he's going to get minutes, but earn his, his almost his standing inside of that offense back because they've obviously done pretty well without him, right? Yeah, I mean, you're, you're seeing that they can be a competent team without you. And and, I, and the bigger question for me is, what is management thinking in all of this? 
you're seeing this guy, he wants to get paid top dollar. He turned down whatever contract extension they offered. Okay, show us. Well, now what we're seeing is this team can be competitive without you. And yes, you're talented. Yes, you're uh, proverbial stretch, stretch four or floor spacing big. Allegedly. Allegedly. (laughs) (laughs) But but at the same time, if we can compete without you, why would we need to pay you top dollar? So come out there and show us that you can get us over the hump. That's what Larry Marketing needs to do now. Show us that you can get us over the hump and win these one possession, two possession games. Mm. We're coming down and, and getting in crunch time, but just can't get over the hump. If he can do that, then he's worth it. If not, then you just another piece. Just another guy. That's interesting. I think that's dead on. That's a great point. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't think earn is the right word. I think more of like online with what Mayberry's saying. He's got to come in and fit in, it. make it work. Yeah. Take him to the next level. Yeah. I think that's interesting. Quick, you got a question? You want me to keep rolling? With yeah. It? No, I got a question for you. Um, <laughs> so one of your colleagues, one of your prominent colleagues in the Bulls media, been around. Don't get for a my while. man in. Don't get my man in. <laughs> that's why me. we're. That's why we're not saying names. <laughs> we're not saying names. Um, but he is obviously, uh, he has been on the anti Zach train very, very, very hard for a while. And especially this year and likes to point to the last two games that, you know, Zach has obviously exploded offensively, but missed shots at the end of the game, whatever it might be to win the games as point as a kind of his evidence to why you cannot win with Zach Levine. How do you feel about that? I mean, what are your thoughts on Zach? What are your thoughts on Zach putting up huge numbers but not hitting these game winners? Is that an indictment on Zach? Or should the team be in these games more when Zach is putting up 35 points? So so me and Zach got to Chicago around the same time. He beat me by about three or four months. Um, and so obviously he was coming off that ACL injury and working his way back. And ever since he's been here, I'd probably say with the exception of this year, because now people understand that you can't just go find a 25, 26 point per game score. They don't grow on trees. So regardless of any of his flaws or shortcomings, the man is a talented scorer and he can lift you out of deficits. He can um, give you a boost offensively when you need it the most. But he's had this reputation that he's just not a winning player and all of this. And I've never agreed with that. I just never agree with that. And even when he got the contract, I'm thinking this is a value deal. And people were saying the Bulls should let the Kings take him. Like they shouldn't match the Kings offer. And I don't remember where you guys stand on, stood on that. But, yeah, but I, I want to, I want to, I'll, I'll tell you right now, I want nothing to do with that deal. I was ready to let him know. move but, and, and kind of go. Now $20 million a year is nothing. nothing. Andrew Wiggins is getting 35. Come yeah. on, bro. I always thought it was a value contract and it was in terms of a team-friendly contract, and I thought it was a no-brainer because of the talent that he possesses. And now he's kind of showing you that he can he can be a better player than you know what we saw. He was coming off the ACL injury. He was playing for two different coaches his first two seasons in Chicago. And he didn't have a great supporting cast around him. Those aren't excuses. Those are facts. Um, yeah. And so I'm not going to say that, you know, Zach Levine is going to lead you to a championship by any means. I'm not, I'm not going that far with it. But I do believe he can be a piece. And if coached properly, if put in the right positions, he can help you win. Uh, and I do believe he wants to help you win. So I'm not with the, all the 
all of the Zach Levine bashing, man. I mean, I don't, I don't know if I'm answering your question, but no, you are because I'm I'm kind of on the same page with it. I don't know why everybody is so quick to run a 25 year old 25 point per game scorer out of town when he hasn't played with anybody. Like, yeah, and we're acting like you know to your point, we're acting like he's been spending the last few years putting up these numbers playing with elite talent. Like he's putting up these numbers, getting you 33 in a game like the other night and missing a game winner. That's not his fault. We can't we can't crucify him for one shot. If he didn't give you the 33, you wouldn't be in the game. Right. To his credit, when you watch him play, I really do feel like he's making a more concerted effort to be a playmaker, to try to make big defensive plays, to try to make winning plays. So I'm not going to hold it over his head that he missed the game winner in L.A. and that he kind of took an ill-advised shot against uh, whoever – who they played the night before. Was it Dallas or whoever it might have been um, that he took the ill-advised shot against, right? Like I, I can't put that all on him. I just feel like in this town we need a scapegoat. And it's very easy to point at Zach Levine. Yeah. And I'm in no rush. To your point, 25 point per game scorers do not grow on trees. In Yo, we do love a lot a, of guys try. Yo, we do love a scapegoat here, especially yeah, if, if, the scape, if the scapegoat is legit too. Oh my God, we hammer him like boiling. Oh, dude, everything was his fault. Yep. I don't give a fuck. Get him out of here. It's him. It's boiling, boiling, boiling. Yeah, dude, we love a scapegoat. Shout out uh, Matt Dan. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm riding with Zach, man. I think, <laughs> especially this year, I'm riding with Zach. I see the improvements he's trying to make as a player. And look, we kill guys. We just talked about Kyrie, right? We just talked about Kyrie for a half hour, a guy who doesn't want to show up to work, a guy who we don't really know if he's out there working hard, whatever it might yeah, be. Pulls up Zach every is night. in there putting, busting his ass. He's in the gym. He says the right things. He wants to be the face of the franchise, and he wants to be the face of a winning franchise. You just got to let him grow into it. The other thing is he's efficient. I mean, he's it's not like he's going out there and scoring 25 points on 25 shots. I mean, he's doing it in for the for the most part in the flow of the offense. Right. You just mentioned when they start force feeding other people who might not be as deserving, Zach's gonna be like, whoa. And we've seen that at times on the court. What what are we doing here? And he's gonna force it at that time in those moments. But the guy is efficient, man. It's not like he's out there shooting 38, 39, 40 percent. He's been at 44, 45% from the field, you know, and he's 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 an efficient three-point shooter. What are we talking about? So yeah. to, to tie in the two questions then, kind of what you just said, does Billy recognize that and say, hey, Laura, you're coming back, but Zach has been balling. I don't I don't need none of that because that sounds like what we need. And I feel like Billy kind of has a mandate where he's mm. got to force Laurie, and so they can see if he's oh, going to yeah. the Bulls again, huh? Yeah, and, I, and I'm just like, why, why are you? Because he's made some cryptic comments early in the season, and I believe it was a preseason game down in Oklahoma City where he talked about guys injecting themselves themselves into the game unnecessarily, and I'm like, the only two people you could be talking about is Kobe and Zach, right? They're better scorers than Larry Markinen at this point. They looking at, at you like you're feeding Markinen, but they're better scorers. So why are we sitting back and we getting our heads blown off and 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 we're feeding this guy when we're the better offensive options? So right. is the or this is, this is my last one on this. I'm sorry, Sean. I know you got a question, All but right, so is the organization then saying when they should be building around Zach Levine? Everything you've said, everything that we see is like, hey, you have a young 25 point per game scorer that should be your focal point. Is the organization still hung up on trying to build around Lloyd Marketing? No, I, don't, I wouldn't go that far. I think they want to see if he can be a foundational piece. But at the same time, I think they need to see if he's worthy of whatever contract comes his way next summer. 
And, and I think that's the bottom line. They want to see if this guy has the goods. And if he does, they, they'll be happy to match whatever offer he might get in restricted free agency. But the, he needs to show them, and they're giving him the opportunity to prove it. I think my question is – I never thought I would – I mean, I would never ever <laughs> – I never thought I would say this, but – there's been times where I felt like we've missed uh, Sadoransky and just a guy that's running point guard. Because when you got Levine out there and Kobe out there, those guys are scores. And I know Kobe has PG in front, and that, that's his position. He's a point guard. But Kobe wants to score the basketball. Where, what are your thoughts on that? And, and, and thoughts on Kobe just going crazy and him and Levine just scoring baskets. But can Kobe actually run the offense? And is that something that's going to need to be addressed here? in the near future. Yeah, I think so. And I want to kind of, I want to kind of throw this one back at y'all because with Kobe for these last two years, there's been this narrative of, is he a point guard? Is he not a point guard? But y'all know, y'all know very well that Derrick Rose wasn't a natural facilitator. And and so, and I'm not putting Kobe in the same league as Derrick Rose. <laughs> he was one of my favorite players when he was at the top of his game. Um, but but we've seen whether you want to say is Russell Westbrook, Derrick Rose, whoever, you don't necessarily have to be that floor general, that natural facilitator to go out there and play the point guard position. So um, why do y'all think that, that Kobe has that when other guys have been able to come in as score first with score first mentalities and not sort of be pigeonholed into that he's got to be a playmaker? Go ahead, Nick. Yeah, so I'll say this, you know, in relation to a Derrick Rose or even maybe like we'll, we can go with like a Dame Lillard type player. Um, Another good example. I don't know. Kobe is a phenomenal shooter, right? And I think he's evolving in other aspects of his ability to score. He's obviously fast. He can get up and down the court like it's nobody's business. Um, I don't think he's at the level of a scorer. Man, it's hard to like, I don't know how to articulate this. It's, he's not at that like number one scorer level like a D Rose or a Dame Lillard is, right? Where you can hand the ball and he's your lead guard. Like D Rose, he's a point guard, but he's your lead guard. Damian Lillard, he's a point guard, but he's your lead guard. Like those guys, the entire show runs through them. They know when to score. They know when to pass. They know when to make that right decision. They're not going out there trying to Rondo. They're not going out there trying to Chris Paul, but they're also not going out there trying to Eddie House. You know what I mean? Like they know... <laughs> Shout out Eddie House. <laughs> Another one for you, Sean. Add in the yeah, book. Eddie House, add to the book. <laughs> um, he's, they're not going out there trying to do that, right? And I think that that's kind of the difference. Like, whereas, like, with D Rose, like, you could trust him to be a point guard when it was time to be a point guard, and you trust him to be a scorer when it's time to be a scorer. With Kobe, I feel like they're trying to put him in this point guard box, and he's also trying to put himself in that box. And you, when you watch him, it just seems like he's thinking a lot. Like, he's not playing naturally like a Dame. He's not playing naturally like a Derrick Rose, right? And just making that decision. I think he's thinking through everything. So that's where I kind of worry about with him. And I don't want to get to a point where you take this guy who, when he's free-flowing and kind of doing his thing, is so talented to where you make him think so much that he's thinking up shots. He's passing up shots because he's overthinking them. So I don't know if a traditional point guard is really his role. I think the I think those are great points, Nick. But I think to to answer kind of what you were laying out there, Mayberry is I think a lot of the difference between the guys that you're talking about, Dame Lillard, Russell Westbrook, um, 
say John Wall. Like those guys were clear and far away the alphas on the team. This is my team. I'm running shit. If I need to go, if I need, if I need to score 30, I'll score 30. If I need to dish that night, I'll dish. I don't think Kobe has he he doesn't have that. He's not in that type of position. You know what I'm saying? And I think a lot of those other guys you're naming, I think more of it is just he he doesn't have that clear alpha like, say, Zach Levine is the clear alpha scorer on the team. Could uh, And I think a lot of those guys you're talking about outside of like a Dame Lillard can we're, – we're always James, Russell. Those guys can do both and have shown they can average eight, nine assists. I think Kobe just wants to score, and I think that's where it's a little I, – I think he wants no part of trying to dish the rock. I think he's just trying to score baskets. Yeah. And I think those other guys showed that – I think James is like a little bit of a – a little bit of an outlier. It's kind of – James Hart? Yeah, like when James has nine – like t- ten dimes, it's like – He's Because he didn't let go of the ball before. It, it, yeah, it was legit like the ten other shots that people didn't shoot that he did that, yeah, he got ten assists on it. But – well, yeah, I think it's interesting. I think uh, I think it, the 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 clear alpha thing is big, and it's t- like there he's playing next to Zach, who's the clear alpha, who wants to score and is a better scorer. Right. Now, I, I mean, and, and maybe it was stupidity on my part for even bringing up Derrick Rose, Russell Westbrook, those guys. Kobe's not in that league, I, and I don't want to come off like I, I think he is by any means. He's not. Um, he's really good. He's good, and, and I agree with you, Nick. He's he's a much better shooter than he is an actual scorer. I mean, how many times have we seen him take it to the rack and just get beat Not up? Sure you know, like, like that, that. yeah. That, we didn't see Derrick Rose and John Wall and, and Russell Westbrook and those guys do have that happen to them so consistently. So right. I will say the same thing for him, though, that we said about Zach. He's five years younger than Zach. You know, he's a 20-year-old young man finding his way in the league, and, and, I, and I'll give him credit for this. I disagree with you on this, Sean. He is trying. He had 13 assists against the Clippers. That was a career high. Now, were those assists the 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 I'ma create and 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 set up that play assist? No. They were dudes gonna come off the pin down and I'm gonna hit you. Right. All three of us could throw that assist. Right. But he did it. You know what I mean? And that shit that tells me he's trying. And then I think he had 10, his first double-digit assist game was at Washington back i think it was the new year's eve game or the game right before that two days earlier so he's trying and he does want to show that he's more than just a a score and i give him credit for that yeah i think the bulls really need to figure out a way to just play those two guards together get your playmaking however you can but like yeah i think that's the real issue that they need to figure out stop trying to fit these guys into a box that they're not in and figure out a way to make it work that's the same thing i was saying about philly forever it stopped saying looking at something and saying this isn't the traditional way so it doesn't work be a coach and figure it out you got two ultra talented guys that are that can play on the floor at the same time make it work the other thing is this i mean this this new regime didn't draft kobe white Mm -hmm. this is what they inherited so maybe the bigger problem is they need to go get a point guard Yo, that's never a good spot for the player when the whole new shit shifts and you just got drafted. There are it's already like mm, 
I don't that it's it, the yeah it's it's that's a good point. They're already brother. evaluating you in a different way. They're not evaluating yeah. you like oh I need to keep you around because I drafted you like they would with Pat Williams. It's like oh okay so how exactly. fast do we move off this if it's not what we yep. want? Yeah, and they're gonna have a lot less. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like um, patience. Mm-hmm. With it. Yeah, it's not, it's not your guy. You're yeah. not trying to find what you originally saw in him because yeah. you never saw anything in him. Beauty is in the eye of beholder. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Yo, we'll leave you with this, Mayberry. Talk a little bit about Pat Williams. What your thoughts are? The LeBron comments I thought were large, uh, and he, LeBron doesn't, I guess, open his mouth and just say that about any rookie. So I thought that was interesting. Give me your thoughts on Pat Williams, how he's played so far. And uh, you know what LeBron said. Yeah, I like him. Uh, he's He's been a pleasant surprise. Uh, we we kind of felt like coming in, he was going to be that defender, multi, multi-purpose defender. And he's he's shown us a lot more than that. He's giving you some offense. That pull-up jumper from the mid-range is, pull up, Pat. is, is wet, man. I mean, that, that man knows what he's doing in the mid-range. And I like that he said after that Clippers game that, he, he patterned himself after Kawhi. What everything he does in that mid-range area comes from Kawhi Leonard. And and you can tell. And we're seeing even his, his range extended out to the three-point area. And that's been encouraging. I'd like to see him do a little bit more on the glass, you know, rebounding the ball. Uh, I'd like to see him be a little bit more assertive. Now, the guy has played less than a dozen games. He's played only 11 games. That's going to come. But I do believe that there is more room for him to be more assertive in the offense. But defensively, I love what he's doing. He's not backing down. He's accepted the challenge now against Giannis, LeBron, and Kawhi. And to me, I asked him a question after that Clippers game, and and I had to kind of phrase it a little delicately. But I'm like, man, look, you've gone up against these guys. They've been MVPs, finals MVPs, champions. And – it's only going to get easier from here. Like nothing in the NBA is easy, but you just faced in your first 11 games, three of the best of the best. Right. I don't care who comes at you next. It's not going to be as hard as what you just faced. So mm-hmm. to me, that's something to really be encouraged about. Absolutely. Yeah. And for me, when I watch him, man, like I think when I watch a rookie, the, when I first heard that they were taking him, you thought Florida state wing player, this guy's going to be a project, right? They're going to throw him in some games. We're going to see some flashes, whether it be a block shot that we love or a crazy dunk and be like, oh, yeah, this is what we're going to hold on to. This guy's going to grow. He's going to develop into something like whatever. His game is way more advanced than I thought it was going to be coming in. You mentioned the pull-up, right? You mentioned the fact that he's playing, what, 25, 30 minutes a night. They're starting him in Lori's absence, and they feel comfortable doing that. They have a matching up against LeBron. They have a matching up against Giannis. He is way more skilled, and he's coming in with way more of a foundation than uh, I was led to believe. And maybe I just wasn't paying enough attention and wasn't watching enough film. But this dude has a game already. Like, he knows what he wants to be already, and he just needs to grow on that. So to your point about the Kawhi thing, it's like, if that's who you're modeling your game after, man, have at it. Yeah. And it's more more than just his game, fellas. It's his mentality. Mm. He doesn't have any fear whatsoever at 19 years old coming out there going against the the marquee players and he's just approaching it like another game and that to me is more impressive than anything we see on the court and I also see that in in Kobe White and Zach Levine which is another reason why um I was I was not never down on Zach because I could see in his mentality 
he wants to go get it. Pat Williams is one of those guys who wants to go get it. So you can you you can have one of those players. They can play for me any day because that's what you need. Like I don't see that in Laurie. I'm trying to whisper that. I don't right. see that in Laurie. <laughs> <laughs> right. But but Pat Williams is gonna go out there and go get it, man. And his mentality is just to the point where you can tell that he's going to improve. You can tell that he's not gonna back down no matter the competition. And that to me is the most impressive thing about him. Yeah, I think me and me and Big Nick were talking uh after the first couple games, and we both said it almost simultaneously is like this guy belongs on the floor, and he yeah. feels like he belongs on the floor. Like yep. that was that was how we came in after watching him was like Man, the way he moves. Yeah, the he, way he moves. Yeah. You can almost tell, even off simple shit, like when you get an open yeah. look, look. Like, is he firing this shit with confidence? Is he looking around? Like, what am I supposed to Like, nah, he's yeah. yeah, right. He's firing with confidence. He's playing D. Yeah, Mayberry, you hit it on the head. And like you said, he has that dog in him, too. Like, it's cliche and, like, whatever. Like, you got to be tough. But, like, you want guys who have that dog in them. And, like, he 100% has that. That's the only way you can take those challenges as a 19-year-old. So, yeah, like, to, to the point with Lori, like, he ain't got that dog. So, he ain't got that dog. Got that dog. No. Hey, okay, last one for real this time, Mayberry. Uh, <laughs> I know that I know the whole NBA doesn't play defense, but what's up with RD? It seems to be mm. extremely horrendous. <laughs> Is uh, <laughs> Wait, is, is it the drop coverage? Because people, people hated blitzing, and now people hate dropping right. coverage. So what's, yeah. what's the answer, man? Like, what's the answer? Yeah, yeah. So that's why I'm not gonna even even touch on the drop because we saw what the blitz did, and so it, 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 it'd, be it'd be hypocritical for anyone out there talking about, oh, they shouldn't be in this drop. Okay, what you want to do then? <laughs> Right. Oh, hated the blitz, hated it, hated it, and I and I will stand by that right now. That's why I didn't like it then, and I liked it in spurts. Obviously, it had its its moments, but you can't just live off a, a daily diet of that. So, um, I would say this to answer your question, Sean. We knew last year that these guys couldn't stay in front of anybody, and perimeter defense was going to be an issue. Even with Chris Dunn and, Sh- and Shaq, a lot of these guys couldn't stay in front of anyone. And now you lose those two guys. The ball is fine, is going wherever it wants to go, whether that's off the dribble or off the pass. And guys are getting broken down. And the help and the, the consistency and the chemistry is just not there for this team right now. And I do think that they will get better over time because that's just what a six a 72-game season, generally 82-game season, is going to, to lend itself to. They have to figure out – you got to remember, they lost Roy Rogers. He was responsible for the defense. They got new guys coming in trying to implement new principles, and I do believe that they're going to be better over time defensively, but it's going to take time. We couldn't possibly expect them to come out from day one and be a good defensive team or even an average defensive team after what we saw last year. The principles changing, the coaching staff's changing, but yet the personnel remaining the same. And you don't really have any good defenders. We're talking about Pat Williams as the best defender on the team right now, and he's 19 years old. Um, Garrett Temple, they won a lot as a good defender, but you know, I saw Dame Lillard in that first half <laughs> kind of get wherever he wanted to go against them. And so 
you know, the guy is, a, is one of the oldest, if not the oldest guys on the team. You can't rely on just Garrett Temple. You need I, quality defenders. I noticed you, you, you hadn't, you didn't, you haven't mentioned Wendell Carter. Yeah. At, at all. Yeah, I talk about dropping on coverage, but man's dropping all the way down. We were, yo, Stacey, because, Stacey, I told you, Stacey King is gonna have a heart attack watching Wendell Carter play <laughs> yeah, basketball. Not, I, not I coming heard, up on the screens. I never heard Stacey King bash so much someone as much as he does Wendell Carter. You can't stand yeah. watching him. Yeah, and, and Stacey wasn't even a good defender. No, Wendell, take one step up. <laughs> he yeah. cannot stand him. Yeah, but no, I think I think Wendell in a lot of ways is 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 put in a tough spot because he's relying on his car guards to fight over screens to get back and recover and when they don't and 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 the other guards on the wing to come and help you know be in a help position and when all of that breaks down or doesn't happen who looks bad who looks oh, he's holding the bag yeah, yeah he's holding the bag so, i don't envy him man I, i'm not saying that he's perfect but there's a lot of other things that need to happen defensively in order for it all to look good yeah fair enough Darnell Mayberry always comes on, always drops the gems, and the biggest thing always keeps it 100. There's no, no, no fluff, no bullshit in the talk, man. I love it, yeah. man. Thank, you. yeah, man. Thank you so much for coming on. You already know, hey, man. I'm glad to see you that embrace the whole. You are those black and red blonde? <laughs> Blue, blue, blue. Okay, I thought no. Nah, we, hey, we just go. We just go say they black and red. Black. He in the Chicago Bulls room right now. That's what we go keep it with. Darnell Mayberry of the Athletic man. Make sure you all go catch him. Go subscribe to the Athletic. Mayberry writes a ton of words on the Bulls, and they're all quality. Make sure you go check them out. Darnell, I'm gonna hit you, man. We'll talk soon. All right, fellas, appreciate it. All right, brother. Yo, Darnell's the best, man. Absolutely. Yeah, he, definitely subscribe to The Athletic, y'all, man. Tons of great content on there. Yeah. Maybe he breaks it down every game. Yeah, gives, you the nugget, gives you what you need. It's high-level journalism. It's high-level reporting. If you are invested in the rebuild like we are invested in the rebuild, 100% subscribe to The Athletic so you can really see what's going on. Shout out, Darnell, man, Barry. That's the guy. Yep. And you got anything else before we get up out of here? A little quick hour and a half, man. Uh, man the only thing I really wanted to say is – um. I don't even know how to even bring it up. The NBA, if I'm the NBA, grab about 20 to 30 players who aren't currently in the league, old-time guys, vets, G-leaguers. Yeah. Put them in a hotel. Quarantine them. Oh, you saying Have that. them ready in case some. Hey, Jamal Crawford. Hey, Taj Gibson. Come on over to this hotel. If something happens, your ass is flying to a city that day and you're playing games. You With basketball. Yeah, with basketball, you can plug some dudes in there. I know it's not ideal. Any team? Any team, bro. You can't be canceling games. I think this NBA is a terrible idea. A, a bigger roster, but you got to have something. You can't be canceling this. this is a, that's a terrible idea. Oh, my God. You canceled the game yesterday. You could have flown Jamal Crawford in. He would be ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't even got to practice in. Shoot around. Jamal, bro. Jamal. Listen, don't worry about the offense. Catch, shoot. <laughs> Taj, C-man block shot. It's all good. Like, that's that's no, I guess my point is there's a better way. Um, we're not – we don't get paid a million dollars a year to figure it out, but somebody does. Um, you shouldn't be canceling games. You should have something. Also just expand rosters. Expand rosters would be expand a one. Expand rosters. Let them, let them carry 17 into a game night. Have yeah. G-leaguers ready. Move the – you know, I understand you got to have the G-league bubble. That'll help because those guys will all be tested. You can fly them who's out. Gonna, who's going to pay for those guys, though? If you It costs more to cancel a game than it does to pay for fucking uh, – someone else to be available 
Yeah, I don't know the details on that, but uh, but either way, yeah. I mean, it's just figure it out. If you're some dude, some random ass dude, hey, look, you're on a ten day. You get ten day money. That's thirty grand. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. And I, I would like to see Jamal Crawford play more basketball. That's too. what I'm saying. Five times on a roster. <laughs> I can't. I Call can't. those boys. Jamal's like, yeah, I'm ready. I, I can't hate on that. So. I'm ready. Yeah. All right, that's it, man. That's no catch-up. We we covered off on a lot of stuff. Shout-out to our guest, Ryan of Four Seasons, Darnell Mayberry of The Athletic. Make sure you lock in with us. No catch-up, Sports Talk via Chicago. You already know, iTunes, Spotify, YouTube. Make sure you subscribe. Rock with us everywhere. Tell your homies, tell your friends. For Big Nick the Quick, I'm your host, Sean Little. No catch-up, Sports Talk via Chicago. We out of here.